Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a Futurama podcast. I am Lindsay Wilson, and this week we are talking about season two, episode nine, Why Must I Be a Crustacean in Love? And joining me today, as always, Alex Coons. Alex, how's it going? Hello, I'm good. We're at another back-to-back recording session. So Lindsay and I just finished talking about Xmas Story. Lindsay, our trademark bit, what did we do last week? <laughs> what did we do last week? Okay, so I started school, so okay. that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> How are your new Invisalign trays feeling, do you think? I sure hope that it feels fine. And actually, I will transition from the first tray to the second tray in this in the time between <laughs> these episodes are released. So yeah, maybe slightly in pain. I definitely have found. So I remember it was a thing when I had braces as a teen that I started noticing people's teeth for a long time. And then <laughs> yeah. that came back when I got my Invisalign. And I still, they say that the most common dream is dreaming that your teeth are falling out or something. And I definitely dream that all the time. So I, I attribute that partially to just moving my teeth around so much. Yeah, I, I have scary teeth dreams as well. Last <laughs> night, I woke up in the middle of the night and like convince myself that I'd seen lightning in the distance or like a flash in the distance. My sleepy brain, I had like, I had one of the like rubber bands in my mouth that I have to put in my mouth when I sleep. Uh-huh. My sleepy brain must have connected like lightning and rubber is something But my sleepy brain was thinking, <laughs> oh, I should take this rubber band out of my mouth because I'm about to get hit by lightning. Oh my God. Like, and so I like stumbly walked to the bathroom used the bathroom and took out my rubber band and then by the time i was done using the bathroom i was like wait a minute <laughs> let me put this rubber band like what am i talking about <laughs> that's so good my brother was visiting from calgary at christmas and he had just gotten normal braces for the first time and he did kept doing this thing where like he would take his elastics those ones that you get just when you have normal braces and he would take those and put them on the side of his plate while he'd be eating and yeah. probably like four days into his trip, he like goes to my mom and he's like, can you stop throwing these in the garbage? Because I only have like <laughs> one set left. Yeah. yeah. She was like, well, stop leaving them on your plate. <laughs> that was a question that I, I don't know how often you can reuse these things. But yeah. I suppose that's that's not for the Futurama audience to, to digest. Classic. Yeah. Incredible. Are you a person who hates hearing about people's dreams? Yeah, I guess. Me I mean, too. it's always very boring, right? Yeah, always. It's dreams and fantasy football stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. yeah, I said I always tell people that they can tell me about they are allowed to have more than 30 seconds to tell me about their dream if I'm in it. Otherwise, 30 seconds. That's it. <laughs> OK, well, I hope my my like semi-conscious rubber band story qualifies as not an official dream. Yes, it, do- it does not qualify as an official dream. And also, it was probably less than 30 seconds. So you're fine. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I also find it funnier. Like you did something goofy in real life. So that's a, that's a yeah, I think story. any sort of sleepwalking, sleep talking that is distinct from just like, oh, I was dreaming. And that, that story is completely different if you're like, and then I dreamed that I got out of bed because I was worried yeah. I was going to get struck by lightning. Like, who cares, Alex? <laughs> yeah, move <laughs> but on. But you did it, so it's weird, and that makes it funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we love to dissect a joke around here. So anyway, so why must I be a crustacean in love? What did we think of this one? I, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I like a full Zoidberg episode. I, I remember the first time I watched Futurama years and years and years ago. I remember that Zoidberg was my favorite character. I'm interested to see if that holds up. He's been like very not much of a central character at all. Um, And, you know, he's been funny, but I don't think like 
he's been the breakout star of all of these episodes. So yeah, I liked I like getting a full episode about him. I thought he was very funny throughout all of this episode. I thought all of the like gross crustacean sex being <laughs> played straight as like, no, this is just what happens. I thought all, like every single one of those jokes was very funny. Yeah, this episode is one that in the past, I've actually skipped it quite a bit, which oh. is funny because I really enjoyed it this time around. There's a Zoidberg focused episode that we will get to, I think probably in like season three or four that we will get to. And I'm really interested to see what I think of it because I always skip that one. And I think I had these in my head maybe combined in some way where I definitely don't like that one that much. I can't really remember why now, (laughs) but I'm wondering if I just like had conflated the episodes in my head because I really enjoyed this. I thought this was very fun. As you said, we really haven't had a Zoidberg focused episode up to this point. So fun to dig into that. I feel like there was like, there's like real conflict in the Mm -hmm in the episode in ways that we haven't like really seen before where it's like oh the crew is the crews argued with each other a bunch and have had conflict but like it always has felt a little bit manufactured or like Mm -hmm. a little bit silly and inconsequential and it's like oh this was like resolved in two seconds by some joke or whatever and for whatever reason fry zoiberg being jealous of fry for sleeping with edna this felt like like higher stakes for whatever reason. It felt like Zoidberg was like truly upset with him in a way that I haven't really felt true conflict between the crew. I think that's fair. And I think one of the things that makes it sort of a sort of unique spin on it from how like every other sitcom does love triangles is that Fry's very much like, I don't want her. This is not a real conflict. This is not a love triangle because you can have her. And they're like, you know, whoever wins this duel can have her hand. He's like, but I don't want her. Like, what? Yeah, just Um, nobody listens. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So for sure. And also, I mean, we're getting our Planet of the Week thing again, where the last couple we've just stayed on Earth. Last one in particular, very cozy. And now we're going back to Planet of the Week and getting to see some Weird lobster people. <laughs> this is, I guess this is like an amendum to the last week episode. But did we know, did we learn where that ski resort was? Or was that just like generic yeah, ski resort on Earth? true. I guess I just took it to be like current Colorado or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, as I was watching that episode, I was wondering like, oh, is, are we on like a ski planet? But I guess right. it is just, just a nice ski resort somewhere on Earth. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah, this episode brought to you from the network that brought you The Simpsons. There we go. What is this, a crossover episode? (laughs) They don't ever do that, do they? I think they kind of do at some point, don't they? Wasn't there like a Simpson episode featuring the Futurama cast? I thought there was like a family guy thing that they do. Yeah, there's an episode called Simpsorama. (laughs) Okay, and, and is it a Simpsons episode or a Futurama episode? It is a Simpsons episode. Sixth episode of the 26th season of The Simpsons. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, aired in 2014, a crossover episode between Futurama. The episode's title is a portmanteau of the titles of each series. I remember one time seeing that that was Wikipedia's favorite word, and I really liked it. Portmanteau. <laughs> portmanteau. Do you yeah. have a favorite portmanteau? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't even think one off the, on the spot. Chortle. <laughs> Chuckle and a snort. <laughs> I don't like chortle. <laughs> no, me either. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, yeah it looks stupid. <laughs> it does look stupid. We're so cynical about modern sentence, but it look, it just looks frustrating. Like you just know it's going to be stupid. Episode received mixed reviews. Called the story a bit <laughs> a bit dull, especially considering some of Futurama's more epic storylines. B minus. There's no reason for this episode to exist, at least not in terms of yeah. storytelling. There's a certain thrill to it, like any half-assed internet mashup. Blah blah blah. <laughs> 
we we really should not be throwing stones with the old that this has no reason to exist uh, criticism because like what are we doing here <laughs> how dare you but yeah. you're absolutely correct yes anyway boop corner boop daddies i have dog eating some dinner off a plate <laughs> i have dog eating felix the cat vibes <laughs> okay so this is called my old kentucky home which i thought was a worrying Ooh. title I thought maybe yes. this was going to be something problematic, but yes. this is from 1926, a short animation film, and it is the first, or appears to be the first attempt at animated dialogue in cartoon history. Oh, with like, what does that mean? Is that like the, the screens that come up with like the dialogue bubbles or it's... Uh, with audio so it says as an unnamed dog an early prototype of future studio mascot bimbo in the film mouths the words follow the ball and join in everybody in remarkable synchronization though the animation was somewhat limited they made sure that the lip syncing was synchronized perfectly that's cool yeah very cool um good job my old kentucky home it's groundbreaking yeah, it seems to be. And uh, yeah, I don't know. People seem seem into it. It's like reception. People seem like they're into it. There's always a humorous touch added to the chorus of the song. So yeah. I, ha- I hate that the on my browser here, the producer Max Fleischer, I hate that his link is purple and that <laughs> I have visited his page before. <laughs> Probably for this very thing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, the episode opens up with an ad for Robo Rooter. I really enjoyed the little jingle for Robo Rooter. <laughs> uh, I, I don't recall. Can you, uh, <laughs> can you give me Robo the jingle? Robo Rooter when you flush a towel, and we can also help with an impacted bowel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Is that what I should open with going forward? <laughs> Sponsored by Robo Rooter. Yes. Yes. So the guys are just watching TV. I kind of love that at this point in history, the TV will be able to just hand you a beer. (laughs) Yeah. Fry is also eating a self-microwaving cream dog, which sounds like truly horrific. (laughs) Very bad. Yeah, really bad. And uh, Amy and Leela come out and they're like, you've just become a fat sack of crap. And Fry just goes, sack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bender has gotten his like chest plate door no longer closes and he says that doesn't even make sense yeah (laughs) that doesn't even make sense yeah exactly so they decide they're all gonna go to the gym and zoidberg's like yes i'm coming along i'm as frisky as a squid on tuesday (laughs) yes something is something is amiss with zoidberg immediately you can tell that like something is different about him Mm -hmm. yes and so he starts going around and he's getting really intense like he's doing a million reps of different things and this weird fin sort of shows up on top of his head a great line from prior he goes hey dr zoidberg what's that jazz on your head (laughs) yeah i have a physics question for you please so in this montage of zoidberg he is bench pressing i guess fry is bench pressing a ton of weight but in low gravity Mm -hmm. would that work if you bench press in space or if you bench press on mars or the moon with low gravity is it actually lighter are you actually doing less energy how does this work yeah so if there's it's going to be less massive or something right like if you they say if you go to the moon or something you're gonna weigh less Right. And so your muscles just have to do less work to, to lift that thing because or or are your muscles like less effective because you're also no that part. Now that part, I don't know. I think because like yeah. when when you think about like walking on the moon, it's like you're going to be like leaping through the air because you're just right. like 
So, so it's like, easier to, yeah, to yeah. jump and yeah, yeah. do all those things. So like by contrast, the reason that it's hard to go up a hill is because you're like walking, but also with gravity. Right. So it's like your okay. body is like, oh God, like now I'm having to lift myself up. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. Now I'm thinking like Jim should have a Jim should like put people in some like centrifugal force thing that like ups the gravity <laughs> and then you can bench try press, to like, lift a your thing. pound. And yeah. It's just like crushing you against the yeah, yeah like the gravitron on, on all the metal of the of the dumbbells and just spin <laughs> people at a hundred miles an hour. Yes, people are welcome to write in and say that we got this absolutely incorrect. But if you do, you have to be nice about it. Otherwise, you can't listen anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I don't care. You don't have to be nice to me, but you have to be nice to Lindsay. You have to be nice to me. I'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> We're not physicists. We're just doing our best out here. I remember one time I was in high school and one of my teachers was like, just to be clear, to teach a subject, you don't have to be an expert in that thing. And he was like, for example, like your math teacher is not necessarily a mathematician he's just like winging it yeah exactly and like your chemistry teacher not necessarily a chemist and then he goes and your physics teacher not necessarily a physician and i went well that's certainly true <laughs> <laughs> that is as as someone who has taught before that is certainly true where you're just like i guess this is the these are the facts that i'm gonna tell these people now and i'm gonna assume them to be true and they're gonna think i'm an authority on the subject yeah yeah Yes. Speaking much of much like again, much like this podcast, where it's just like we just started <laughs> talking about this, and now people will listen to us talk about it. Yeah, people just think we know things now. I saw a mean <laughs> review earlier, and it was like not of our podcast, of someone else's podcast, and one of the reviews in there was like, "Stick to what you're educated about." Like talking about this TV show, and I was like, "None of us yeah, are educated and you're like, about okay, this." Do you- yeah what i yeah do you want a podcast about what is your field i should i should know the uh epidemiology epidemiology of course yeah a a ripe topic for people to send mean reviews yeah (laughs) honestly god god forbid ever speaking of physicians zoidberg goes rushing off in his frantic state into the pregnant size room which is like water aerobics <laughs> or whatever and he scares all the yeah. pregnant women when he's like i'm a doctor yeah they instantly have their babies which is mm-hmm. a little silly yes very silly so back at the lab they have the like lobster claw bands on his hands and i love yeah. that he was able to like snap the bar in half but like these little rubber bands have completely subdued him and apparently yeah, amy just I... keeps removing them <laughs> Yeah, I love I love Amy has been tricked seven times and over the course mm-hmm. of this scene, she's like happily volunteering to remove the bands like again and again. <laughs> yes, fill me seven times, shame on you. Fill me eight or more yeah. times, shame on me. Great line too, where they're like, maybe he has a parasite, maybe he is a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, we, uh, we learned that he is full of male jelly and that it's mating season. This is really like the beginning of the like the, de- the like highly detailed descriptions of of his species mating patterns yes yeah heavy with male jelly unless it's quite a strong like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and so they go to zoidberg's home planet which is called decapod 10 and he's feeling better already he in just 19 hours he will be trying to get a mate there's going to be a frenzy Yes, the frenzy is coming up. I, I kind of like the vibe of when they're landing. There's like a welcoming guy. It kind of feels like when you go to like a college reunion or whatever, they're like handing out like pamphlets or like, oh, like, it's good, so good to see you. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. Like old home week. I like that Bender calls him crabby. <laughs> nice. So he says he's not looking for love. He's just looking for a female swollen with eggs to accept my genetic material. And Fry says, you and me both. Classic. Classic, yeah. <laughs> 
So we get introduced at this point to uh, Claude Glack or something, which is like a gladiatorial like thing. Where the Coliseum, they, yeah. Yeah, they settle matters of honor. So that's just, they kind of put a pin in that for now. One of the things that he says has been settled there is whether abbreviations count in Scrabble. They don't. <laughs> yeah. Do you, where do you land on that? They don't. I'm with Zoidberg. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm even skeptical skeptical of the two-letter words that nobody has ever heard of. I don't like it either. I feel yeah. a little bit like you should be able to tell me what this word means and not just yeah. be like, it's accepted on my app. But then, but then the people will learn what they mean. And then they're like, but you don't actually know what that means. You know, Use it like, in a sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has to be a different sentence each time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so he's trying to do an erotic display at the beach to attract a lady to him. He basically just like covers himself in trash and stuff. He wants to look like whale vomit or something. Yes. Like as disgusting as the mating ritual is like as basically become as disgusting as possible they they talk a couple of times throughout the episode of like like oh zoidberg you stink and he's like oh no my like stench uh you know my yeah my stench uh, gland like, is weak or something yeah my stench gland isn't actually working fully yeah yeah and so he tries to get a few different women to go for him and eventually his kind of last hope is this girl that he knows from school and her name is Edna and she says she carries more eggs than any other female and she owes it to the species to pick someone loaded with male jelly like a rock star yeah. and that she leaves and Zoidberg is very sad. Honestly, Zoidberg can do better than like going back to the like high school or mm. the popular girl. Yes, um, agreed. I, I like the line where I think Leela says that nobody's interested in Zoidberg. He's the lobster equivalent of Fry. <laughs> And Fry says that he's too busy to get any, or that he could get any girl that he wants, but he's too busy. And then he proceeds to like fidget with a yo-yo for <laughs> ten, 10 seconds and get it all yeah. twisted up. Yeah, he does like a single little like downward thing. And then he's like, oh man, yeah. and he's untangled. I thought it was so good. Yeah, I'm just too busy. It, it reminds me of one of my favorite Bart lines from The Simpsons is he sees like a contortionist and he says, I, I could do that. I just don't want to. Yeah, I could do that. I just don't want to. <laughs> exactly. So Fry, even though he, they are you know, lobster and human equivalents of one another. Fry starts teaching Zoidberg how to win over Edna by romancing her. And so uh, he says basically that, like, you got to talk to her in a way that's going to trick her into liking you. I've kind of said in cell vibes, but Leela's like, yes, that would never work. Like, I would know immediately if a guy did that to me. And she's like, oh, my God, they've all been doing that. <laughs> yeah. Sean. yeah. Fry very sincerely and very happily throughout all of this episode is just like, love isn't real you just have to trick someone into thinking that you love them like all of this is fake but does it with like such a smile on his face and such like a happy attitude that it's a little bit endearing it's true i i really like the line of make up some feelings and tell her you have them yeah <laughs> yes it's like tell her she's special but she's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah incredible and zoidberg's just like why would i do this and he says like i it's too overwhelming all this flowers and romance and the lies upon lies yeah yeah tell her she's special but she's not she's merely the female with the largest clutch of eggs yeah then tell her that clutch of eggs funny <laughs> phrase <laughs> yeah. and so basically edna's like why are you talking to me if it wouldn't be related to sex like that makes no sense and then he's like i just want to like know how your day went or something and she's like goes on and on he's like right look what you did now she won't shut up <laughs> yeah 
I, li- I like that this comes back on it comes back later in the Coliseum where like someone asks her again like oh and how are you and she just begins to, she like launches into her like speech of how her day went and everyone is very bored yes it always begins with first I got up and brushed my teeth then I had a piece of toast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which incidentally very similar to how my morning goes <laughs> I, I was gonna say this sounds like the first five minutes of our podcast of uh, <laughs> a, ban- a banter corner <laughs> first I brushed my teeth and then I had a piece of toast yes, yeah exactly I had right. a dream about my rubber band yeah <laughs> and there was lightning yes so they go to a restaurant big double date vibes and Leela mm-hmm. is basically apologizing for Fry telling Zoidberg to say stupid things and Edna's just like whoa whoa like he was the one who said all those beautiful things I can't believe it the this double date reminds me of have you seen God, what's the Netflix sketch comedy show with Tim Robbins um, I think you should think leave, you should leave. Mm-hmm. yes have you seen that I've seen bits and pieces of it Okay, that gives off similar Nathan for you energy of like, you're either going to think this is genius or like truly hate it. But there is a there is a double date scene that feels exactly like this where they're like sitting around a cozy booth and it Mm -hmm. goes off the rails. I saw a couple episodes of that and I was like, I'm not into this. And then I watched one and I think it was the one with the like weird robots. I think I told you about this before, but had these like strange robots and there was one line in it and I couldn't tell you what it was but i was like crying like i had to pause it because i was <laughs> laughing so hard so um, there are definitely moments <laughs> it will sometimes hit yeah 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 yeah. so anyway they leela tries to be like what are you talking about like why would you be interested in fry zoidberg is a doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is wrong with zoidberg i mean it must be all biological I, I mean i guess he has low confidence but in this episode he's very confident he's like ready to go yeah, and he says to Edna at one point, he's like, of all the slimy, gross crab monsters, you are apparently the hottest. <laughs> yeah. He tells Edna, you seem malnourished. Are you suffering from internal parasites? <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Yeah, and then yeah. Edna invites Fry over to talk about Zoidberg. And then Fry's like trying to talk up Zoidberg a little bit. He's like, oh, man, <laughs> that guy's got male jelly coming out the wazoo. And she goes, well, that is where it comes out. <laughs> yeah, a pretty disgusting line of, can I interest you in some serpent turf? Yeah. Like, she says it all suggestively. And, and I think Fry just does not pick up on that and just says like, no, thanks. And then yeah. like, continues on. Yeah, and she basically like jumps on him, uses her weird mouth flaps to like suck on his face. It's really <laughs> yeah. troubling. Engage your mandibles her, and kiss me. Yeah, her her caviar is all over your neck. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, and Zweidberg shows up in like an old timey little suit with a little hat yeah. and stuff. Have you had caviar before? I have not very many times, but I've tried it like yeah. twice. It's fine. Yeah, I've never tried it. Seems yeah. gross. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, it's not anything to get excited about in my view. There's a line from Zoidberg in a really iconic episode where he's like, fish eggs and goose liver. Like, why Like, why would you serve me this? And then uh, what's his name? Elzar is like, yeah, that's what rich people eat, the garbage parts of the animal. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. But yeah, so he sees that this is happening and he gets flies into a rage because he hates that Fry has taken his woman from him or whatever. And Edna keeps being like, we're in love. And he's like, I challenge you to clop-lock. We learned that this is a, a tradition, but it's a recent tradition, only 18 years old, but a tradition nonetheless, yes. uh, which I loved. <laughs> Very good, yeah. And so... Fry gets to choose which weapon that he wants. He gets the like lobster cracking thing, which is very yeah. funny. <laughs> um, Zoidberg, uh, there's like a whole bedding bedding scene, which of course Bender is a part of. And Zoidberg asks Fry if disemboweling is fatal to humans. And <laughs> when Fry says that he that it is, he bets big on on himself or bets on himself. Yes, very good. Yes, and Bender's going to be like, you need to take a dive so that I make all this money. He's like, but it's to the death. Like, I don't want to do yeah. that. And he's like, oh, help me out here, man. Yes, but they get to a point of Fry has almost killed Zoidberg. He's got him locked in the lobster 
cracking thing. What do you call that thing? I don't know. They they get yeah, the shell cracker. They call it a nutcracker in this episode, which is weird. Hmm, that is weird. Yeah. But at any rate, so he's got Zoidberg like that and he's they're yelling at Zoidberg to die with dignity or possibly for Fry to die with dignity. It doesn't matter. Fry decides he doesn't want to kill his friend. He gives this moving speech about not killing his friend and Zoidberg comes up and snips off his arm. <laughs> Yes, very, very surgically, like mm-hmm. uh, just snips right off. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, with precision, doesn't bleed very much. And then Fry's yeah. just like, oh, my God, you got off my arm, you bastard. Like the the voice yeah. acting on this is great, where he just sounds like, what? Like He's just so shocked. <laughs> and he starts trying to beat Zoidberg with the other arm. Yeah, with his other arm. I, I really love they when the when the battle starts, they play the national anthem, which is this music from an iconic Star Trek episode where there's an iconic like Star Trek original series episode where like a very lame fight with an alien happens where mm-hmm. they're like just like beating each other with like fake rocks or whatever. <laughs> and it's like very over the top music plays and it's that's the music that is their national anthem for the, wow. for the Coliseum fight. I can hear the music in my head. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should look up the Star Trek. Yeah, I'm sure if you do Star Trek original series battle music, it'll come up. Okay. <laughs> noted they are still fighting and then all of a sudden they look up and they realize that everyone has already left and edna has gone off with the king of their society and the frenzy has begun and zoidberg missed it but the good news is that everyone else is dead so (laughs) by not participating in the frenzy zoidberg gets to live yes a choice between life without sex or a gruesome death Mm -hmm. yes and uh fry says that's a tough call so Zoidberg gets to live. He apologizes to Fry. They make up and then he reattaches Fry's severed arm, but puts it on the same side as his other. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do problematic corner. I feel like this episode is like a fine line of like, was there anything in this episode that you thought was cringy? Like there's a lot of like women are stupid and like, mm-hmm. oh, like don't don't actually share your feelings with women and mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. Did any of that sit poorly with you i mean it's all a little bit pickup artisty right a little bit incel vibes of like but i'm so nice and good why doesn't she like me a little bit of that and a little bit of toxic masculinity of being like make up some feelings and tell you have them and lie to her about thinking she's thin and then she'll love you so all of that not ideal but i i didn't it wasn't a huge problem (laughs) yeah yeah I, I was thinking it's interesting because it like they could have really botched this and made this like annoying and uncomfortable. And I think for the most part, it's like, yeah, all of these dudes are being idiots, mm-hmm. but they're also all still kind of endearing throughout most of the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Apparently, this is a reference to a Star Trek episode called Amuck Time. Maybe that's the maybe that is the battle episode. Yeah, I don't know. It's nothing about. Spock, he goes, he's undergoing Ponfar. Spock is undergoing Ponfar, a condition oh, of Vulcan's experience throughout their adult life, and the name must mate or die. So, yeah, yeah. that seems relevant. <laughs> yeah, uh, Vulcans, there's a big mating ritual. I think, I think that's a big deal. First instance of the Vulcan salute, apparently. Oh, look at that. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, you were saying about Problematic Corner. Was there anything else that didn't say? No, I just wanted, you know, it strikes me as an episode that is like, that could have aged very poorly, has a bunch of men being idiots, treating women poorly. And I wanted to see if it like, really annoyed annoyed you because it didn't like I flagged this stuff that's like, "Ah, this is like a little juvenile, but I wasn't that. Yeah, that's how how I felt too. Nothing comes of it really, where it's not like, you know, it's not like they trick Edna into this and then she gets super attached and then he bails or something. I think that's been done quite a bit. So yeah, it's not really a lot of that, but yeah, 
It's fine. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Winners and losers, I think. The winner, I don't know, man. Maybe paradoxically Zoidberg for not dying. Yeah, everyone kind of comes out. There's pluses and minuses to this whole situation. Zoidberg doesn't die. Fry gets his arm cut off, which is pretty bad. Everyone else doesn't do anything. Is there, does Leela do anything? Does Bender do anything? Not really. Yeah, no. I think not dying, yeah, but cause... still not having sex is the win for, <laughs> for Zoidberg. Zoidberg. Yeah, and I think by contrast, I think that the rest of the like decapod creatures all lose because yeah. they all die. So. Yeah, although I guess they do propagate their genes, which is the goal yes. of the frenzy. There you so. go. Yeah, so <laughs> a win for the species overall. Yeah. Um, it may be a loss for Zoidberg because he doesn't pass on his genes. So you, you can look at it from all angles. You could. You truly could. It's like a nature documentary over here. All right. So due to a questionable thing about what episode we're watching next, I'm pretty sure this is one of the times where it's different between Hulu, Disney Plus, and the production order or whatever. But Media, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Next week is actually going to be Put Your Head on My Shoulders. What do we think that's about? Another head-based episode. I can't imagine we go back to Nixon so soon. So the other prominent heads are all like celebrities. So I could see, I could see this being like a guest star type episode. Some celebrity is going to join the gang. Yeah. All right. Episode. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, Alex, how can people get in touch with us? Yeah, you can send us an email, podoftomorrow at gmail.com or on Twitter at podoftomorrow. Yeah, get in touch with us either of those places. Incredible. What do you have coming up? You can hear more from me over on, I guess what we do in the shadows will be done by the time you're listening to this, but stay tuned. I will probably pop up somewhere else. You can always go back and listen to it. It was an incredible season. And over on... Again and again. Yes, exactly. Over and over again and show your support. But also you can find me on BoJack Horsepod at this point talking about Tuca and Birdie. So I think it's going to be like BoJack Horsepod presents Tuca and Birdie or something or Tuca and Bird Pod. Unclear, but... Find us over are there. you are you nervous now that you know the creator is listening not really i think it'll be fine because yeah. I, I feel like he could just like decide he's not as invested in listening to two good birdie yeah, coverage like i don't whatever. know but i think yeah. it's fine i think i think we'll be good yeah good yeah so in the meantime yeah get in touch with us in those places and we'll see you next week see you everyone